Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. We are here this week to talk about the exciting events in baseball surrounding the World Series, COVID-19 in the MLB, and how the season played out. Um, We are just ready to get into it. Dodgers versus Rays. um, They're getting after it. Good game last night and more to come. Um, It's an exciting series. And uh, Nikki Chase, how how are we doing over there? Doing great. It's a wonderful day over here at the Fell household. Finally, some blue skies. So, make me happy as well as Dodger win. So, I'm doing great. Yeah, it was just nice to see us not um, absolutely blow a game last uh, last night and uh, keep everything together through nine innings. And uh, yeah, I'm in a pretty pretty good spirits right now. It was great. It was great. Maybe keep Kenley in the bullpen, and we'll be just good. <laughs> All right, so we'll dive in here. Um, as many of our listeners, if you're a big baseball fan, the um, MLB playoffs and the World Series now was um, in more of a bubble format than the regular season was. They decided to keep teams um, from different from the two different um, divisions in um, separate places just to uh, minimize the you know COVID nineteen exposure towards other teams. Um, so I want to ask you guys, what do you like about the bubble format that the MLB is using right now? Currently, the Dodgers and the Rays and all their families are in um, Arlington, Texas, playing at a single stadium rather than their home fields like they usually would. How do you guys feel? I think it's actually pretty cool, uh, given the year, obviously. But I think it also is very interesting for the sport of baseball and the World Series. We see fans are at limit, limited capacity, so there's about... 25%, I think, Globe Life, Globe Life Park, where they're playing, sits about 42,000 people. And yeah. I think they have 10,000 to 11,000 at the game. So I think that's very interesting. Um, and I think it's kind of good that they're playing at an alternate site, right? This guarantees that the best team will probably win, mm-hmm. minus like fans and other circumstances. We saw that benefit the Dodgers last night, having a minimal crowd. Uh, Manuel Margot stole home on Kershaw. And let's say if there were 40,000 people at the game, it would have been loud. The roof was closed, so it would have just echoed. But since there's a fourth of the capacity, uh, Austin Barnes, the catcher, said, just throw the ball to me, got the ball, tagged him out, got out of the inning. So that would have been a game-changing run if the Rays scored. And the Rays very well could have won the game. But So I think the bubble format's cool, but it's kind of fun watching the Dodgers play at home. It's cool. It's all cool. Just gotta make do, especially in twenty twenty. Yeah, and um, first of all, I think it's I think it was really good that it was in Texas, um, a state that has two MLB teams, you know, in, within the state. So it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be heavily. The fan base isn't gonna be heavily uh, one sided. It's been pretty even throughout the games. Obviously, there's a little bit more Dodger fans, just just because that's one of the prime, you know, spotlight programs in the MLB and has been throughout, you know the history of the MLB along with the Yankees. Yeah, very interesting. As you mentioned, Chase, I mean, it would have been, it might have been one-sided in terms of home games because the Dodgers fan base is just absolutely electric and very, very prominent in the league, whereas the Tampa Bay Rays are, sort of burst on the scene this year, a team that's historically in these past five, ten years hasn't been the best. 
um, it would have been interesting to see what their fans would have uh, matched up towards with the Dodgers. And that's an, inter- that's an interesting point because the Dodgers have been around since the 50s and even before in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Right? So people know the Dodgers. They're a brand, the L.A. logo. You go anywhere in the continental United States and people are Dodger fans. Versus the Rays, the Rays came into the league in 1998. Yeah. So yeah, they're a very new team, which might not have as large of a fan base. But I would bet money that the World Series in – Tampa would be sold out and it'd be very loud because it's an indoor stadium. So it'd be interesting to see how Walker Bueller would have pitched in Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it would have been totally different. You know, that's an even couple more hours of flight to, to, a, to a Florida from L.A. Um, let's lead, in, lead into a question here. Since we're talking on the, the difference between the Rays and Dodgers, as we know, the past couple, past three years, Dodgers have been big World Series contenders, playoff contenders they're just they've been a solid solid team solid franchise for a little bit here um while the rays sort of burst on the scene just like i said they've got great pitching this year and everything's going together they've got good rookie hitters who are hitting the ball right now so do you think that if the season was regular length that these two teams would be um would still be in the same situation do you think the rays would still have so much success do you think the dodgers would be still deep in their uh deep into their season what do you guys think would happen if it were absolutely i think absolutely both of these teams would be in the playoffs and i'd say i'd say there's a very good percentage probably 70 percent i'd bet that the dodgers and rays would face off in the world series for one dodgers have the best pitching staff in the national league you can't not say that we have walker bueller stud dustin may a stud who's been pitching out of the bullpen kershaw Hall of Famer. We have Urias, a young up-and-comer, and Tony Gonsolin's all right, but let's not talk about his. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we got guys like Bruce Dark, Gratterall, them, just, they're going to come in and throw Blake Trinan. Yeah. And Kaleric. Kaleric's actually been a nice little surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been he's well, had some too. solid innings, yeah. As well as, as well as Victor Gonzalez. Yes, Victor Gonzalez. Yes, good friend of mine. God, he's got a Rosarena who's hotter than the tip of a cigarette out last night, the biggest Biggest out of the game, probably. Yeah. For Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay has a wonderful pitching staff. Glass now, 6'8", throws 100 miles an hour. Blake Snell can do – Blake Snell's their best pitcher. He's their number one, in my opinion. He's dirty, can locate. Then Charlie Morton, he's old. He's 36, still throws 95, and is a big-time pitcher. So yeah, I think both of these teams would have been in the World Series for sure. What about you, Chase? Yeah, I think that the Rays and the Dodgers both would have been in the um, – playoffs for sure the Dodgers are the most put together team in the MLB in my in my opinion the most complete team they have the most depth and the I think the Rays I think are on a little bit of a hot streak because we we haven't even played half of an MLB season or at this point I guess counting playoff games we have but usually um I think the Rays would have cooled off a little bit in the regular season I think they still would have had enough to make the playoffs but I don't know if they would have made the same playoff run that they did and with other teams in the playoffs, such as the Marlins, I don't think the Marlins would have had a shot to make the playoffs Absolutely. in a regular yeah, they season. Like, made it. yeah. And then there was a few other. I think the, I think the Reds were a little bit. Um, they'd even score a run against the. Was it the Braves? Yeah, I think they'd even score yeah. a run against the Braves. And so, it was a. There's a few teams I think that kind of snuck in just with some hot streaks, and that's kind of how baseball works. You have streaks of wins and losses, and. Um, I think with the regular season, some of the playoff um, 
playoff spots would have been very different. Yeah, you never know. I mean, the mm-hmm. Rays have such such a prominent pitching staff. Other teams could adjust. They rely on the home run ball, as do the Dodgers. You never know if that will cool down as the uh, season moves on. Uh, Another interesting point to be oh, – Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The Dodgers have the number two payroll in baseball. They're paying Mookie Betts a lot of money. They're paying Kershaw a lot of money. Um, yeah, number two payroll behind the Yankees. But Tampa Bay has a 28th payroll. They're paying their players relatively nothing in comparison to the Dodgers. And it's kind of cool to see Tampa Bay beat the Yankees, right, in the division. Smoked them, actually, in my opinion. Yeah. Now they're in the World Series playing against a huge franchise. Like the Red Sox. The Red Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers have the most money. And I would have assumed, you asked me at the beginning of the year, I would have bet, said Yankees and Dodgers in the playoffs. But now the the Rays are in it showing you that mid-major teams with not as much money can go on a run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I'm going to ask you guys this question. I mean, it's going to be hard to just pinpoint one thing, but for both teams, for either teams, what's one thing that each team could add to improve? It could be a player. It could be a position. It could be a certain hitter, anything. Do you, what, what do you think each team needs? I think the I think the Dodgers need one more. I think the Dodgers are going to need someone to replace Kershaw here pretty soon, and um, they're going to need another big time starter to back up Bueller. And I think that's going to be Trevor Bauer in this upcoming offseason. Really, really bold statement. I mean, maybe that's just wishful thinking. Yeah, or very wishful thinking. He looks like he might end up in San Diego or Boston. You never know. But um, I think we're going to probably need a big time starter here to to, you know, fill Kershaw's Kershaw's shoes and, you know, however much they can. And also this free agency, um, I think the Dodgers, I don't know how many players, but we're going to have a huge free agency after this year, Depend no matter how this uh, World Series goes. Yeah. And that's going to be something that's going to be very interesting to see how this team looks after this offseason. Yeah, it'd be a great thing to bring in another veteran starter. He can, you know, sort of upbring guys like Walker Bueller and Dustin May who are – Still young, veterans to the game, but are still young in the league. I agree with that. The Dodgers do need a starting pitcher, whether it be Bauer or not. I think there's definitely some talent who's going to be free agent or even a trade deadline pickup next year. Veteran guys, kind of like Carlos Carrasco, maybe Corey Kluber could come in and revitalize their careers. That would be pretty pretty good to see. And as far as the Rays goes, the Rays need an infield. Their shortstop... They were shortstops has three hits all postseason. I think if they had a true shortstop, kind of like the Dodgers have Corey Seager, it'd be a very different series with the Rays maybe winning game three. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, the world winning the World Series can change a lot of things. Like, it could bring a lot of money for the Rays to re-sign guys, maybe get a shortstop like that. and Or for the Dodgers, it could help them with re-signing guys. Maybe, you know, when, when you're part of a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers and you just win a ring, you don't want to leave, so you might be willing to take a little less money. Yeah, also Absolutely. being in being in L.A., but also I think the Dodgers are going to lose some guys because of the performances of guys like Will Smith and guys, you know, maybe, maybe guys want to change the scenery or they want that big contract that, you know, L.A. might not be able to give them because they already might commit to another player or, you know, they just, they just find – they just need to – they just need to go and chase that big contract to kind of extend their career and yeah, 
Another financially thing, the Dodgers, secure themselves. The Dodgers need a new manager. We're going to leave it there because we could do a whole po- podcast episode on that. But I truly believe the yeah, Dodgers need was, a new manager. I was just going to mention that one because that's a that's a very controversial topic, especially amongst Dodgers fans that are uh, they're basically punching holes through their TV as Dave Roberts makes these wild pitching changes and lineup decisions that just yeah yeah yesterday conf- when he put in Vic- when he put in Victor I was is a lefty. Right, he goes. They pinch hit for the lefty who was supposed to face against the righty. Somehow got out of it, and then they keep him in the pitcher against a Rosarena, who's their Tampa Bay's best hitter. Yeah, and a Rosarena could have hit the ball out and would have gave him the lead and probably would have won the game. And I just think it's unbelievable that he made that decision instead of leaving Dustin May out there. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. Didn't let Kershaw finish that inning. He put another guy in with two outs. I know Kershaw had a couple walks, but it's just yeah, he's been taking a. Interesting approach, let's just say that. We will see how that plays out for the uh, GM and owner, what they'll think about it at the end of the season. Uh, Absolutely. Probably the last question for you guys. What um, We'll touch on what aspect of the MLB has been most altered by COVID-19. Like, what have you seen different? Obviously, there's the big things. Like, there's obviously less games and this and that. But what do you guys feel has changed in terms of uh, just the gameplay? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more communication, a lot more. I think, I think tensions uh, at the beginning of the season, we saw a lot of, you know, guys had to be held back and fights had to mm-hmm. be stopped because there's a lot more, you know, there's not people screaming the entire game and you can hear, you hear guys chirping mm-hmm. all day and you'll hear guys chirping and stuff that usually could slide by and could be said because you have fans streaming. Uh, those things are being heard. And I think people, you know, it's pissing guys off for, yeah. to say the least. And, there's a lot of tension during the regular season. Uh, I think after the Joe Kelly incident and a few guys that MLB kind of stood their ground and was like, hey, like, if you guys are going to decide to go at it and do this stuff and not social distance and not follow protocol, we're going to punish you and we're going to do it for, like we're going to do it firmly and the punishment's going to be pretty steep. So I think that discouraged a lot of people from um, kind of going at it and chirping a lot. But you definitely there's more communication. And then, of course, last night with Kershaw, that play, you don't, you never know if that's full capacity. He may not hear that. Um, I re- I remember hearing in the post game conference though. I think Kershaw. I think they actually knew that he was going to steal. Really? Or they had they had a vague idea that he was going to steal. Yeah, and they had actually communicated it because it happened to him against the Astros, and that was a huge play. Mm-hmm. I remember in that series, and I think it was George Springer who did that against him. Yeah. Who's um. One of my least favorite players of all time. <laughs> he might be a he might be a Dodger. He might be a Dodger this postseason or this off season. I don't think I don't think I don't think they would allow. Yeah, that'd be a know. tough one. Being a Dodger fan, I would not. I would not be. I don't think I could bring myself to cheer for someone who is part of that organization. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, with Kershaw's big set, it's definitely something you could see coming. But it's interesting how I mean those those MLB players, these veterans, have never played in front of less than what twenty thousand people, thirty thousand people. So um, yeah, when it's just a when it's just a cold, quiet stadium, you never know what's going to come out. You never know what fights are going to be started. You never know how pitch calling might be stolen. Just everything you can be keyed in on the other team a little bit better. Yeah, for me, I think the biggest thing is the emphasis of one game. Uh, one game this year is equivalent to three in regular years. So you lose one game, that's basically losing three, and that one game could leave you out of the playoffs. So I thought that was interesting, how the mm-hmm. managers had to say, 
from opening day till the last day of the regular season, we need to win every game. Yeah, I mean, you can't just... So it's just... Yeah, you can't just cakewalk through it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed... I really enjoyed that aspect. It made... Every, I think... I think that was honestly good for baseball and it was good for ratings and people wanted to watch every game because every game mm-hmm. mattered. Another and you weren't knowing you you weren't knowing that when you're watching game that oh okay this is one game out of almost 200 like it was it was like oh okay they got to win this game and then they got to win the next few to even have a shot. I think the best thing that came out of this is the universal DH makes the game a lot a lot more fun. Yes. Yeah. No easy outs. Exactly. Uh, new new strategic things like you you have an extra bat now. You don't have a pitcher who's a liability. Yep. And now the game, anyone can hurt you, makes it a lot more interesting. I, you're putting, like they're putting their A-team out there every single inning, every single inning of every exactly. single game to make sure that they get that one game that's equivalent to three because they're important. And I think it was good. Everyone was fired up, especially coming back after a long quarantined break. And it was good baseball. And I'm excited to see how this series plays out. It's currently three and two. Dodgers are up. So we'll see what goes down. Should be exciting. Yes, let's let's go, Dodgers. Gotta pray. Yeah, yeah. And according to according to Yahoo Sports and um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Chris, uh, Chris at Yahoo Sports. Um, he's reporting that um, the designated hitter will only be used in the American League in 2021, which is sad to see. And uh, hopefully, hopefully that will change. you know change in the future. I think I think next year, next year is going to almost be even more interesting mm-hmm. than this year. Because once you convert some of the things back and things go back to normal, you might see the differences in ratings and different things that people honestly liked about this year and that made baseball exciting yeah, this year. I agree. Well, there it is, folks. There's our take on some MLB baseball and the COVID-19 world and um, how we think the uh, teams in the World Series size up to each other, what they can improve upon, what they already have got. So we'll see. We got a couple more World Series games, a couple more seasons left in, a couple more games left in the season, and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully one. Hopefully we'll see. One. I think we're all Dodgers fans in this guy. So uh, if that's bias, I guess it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you all for listening to our podcast, and have a great day. We'll see ya. See ya. Free Bobby.